Monet, I was just looking up the Anchor app. Have you heard about this? I've heard of it. Something to do with podcasts, right? Okay, so Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. And they have this like creation tool that lets you record a podcast and edit it right from your phone or your computer. Oh, that's right, because they can distribute your podcast for you, and it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other podcast distribution places, right? Oh, and you will get the listeners, honey, and when you get the listeners, you make the coin thought mm-hmm. but here's the crazy thing. You actually don't have to have a minimum listenership to get money. You can still make coins. So it's essentially every single thing you need to make a podcast all in one place. Oh, you're just so tickled. You love the idea of making podcasts. I love you, Monet. I love you. Now listen, if you want to download the free Anchor app, you can also go to anchor.fm and get started. My name is Bob the Drag Queen. And I'm Money Exchange. And this is Sibling Rivalry. Today, we discuss middle school fights. We introduce new listeners to the podcast. And we find out what made Bob the drag queen say this. You killed my cat on purpose. And we find out what made Monet exchange say this. Bigger, faster, and I will always beat you. Can I just tell you, no matter how many times, I, I, I fucking hate auditioning for stuff. Why? Like, like when you have to prepare sides, because I'm like, who knows if you're gonna get it? It's like you audition for you, you read the sides and blah, blah blah, and you send them, and God knows if you'll ever fucking hear back from them. And yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how auditioning works. Sometimes you hear, sometimes you don't. Well, you know, uh, what's the name? Uh, we're, I recently auditioned for, auditioned for something really big, and then my agency emailed me back. They were like, they really like you, and you're like their first pick, and you'll hear back soon if you got it. And I didn't hear anything, so I'm, I'm guessing I didn't get it. Um, but it was like really fierce, and I was really excited about it. I mean, you know, I got cast in a Fox show. I was like, I got cast, like cast, cast, like Gag. went through auditions and everything. And they were like, I auditioned for the writers, with the producers, for the network. They're all like, you are it, is or it's done. And then I had a schedule conflict. That, <laughs> that was nice. I was like, y'all better work. Well, also, and also the break. To, so they, so the casting firm, like, was they, 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 not the casting firm, like the actual casting firm, please. The the, the casting agency, they like saw my representation. I was like, we really want Monet to read for this. Um, but the well, they always was, say that to get you to audition. Everyone's like, they're huge fans of you over here. Everyone here is a huge fan. Um, you're our number one. They say this to you, so you'll do your best and you'll audition. But the breakdown, can I read you the breakdown? It literally sounds nothing like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the narcissist seductively I'm hands- rap, that's a rap, that's it. That's you. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> the narcissist, seductively handsome, fame obsessed, ambitious man. Like I would never describe oh my myself. God, I was supposed to audition for that. <laughs> I'm not even being funny. Are you serious? Yes, I was supposed to audition for that. And I just completely forgot to audition. Well, and I'm like, I would never describe myself as seductively handsome. I mean, some people I, may consider me handsome. I don't consider myself that. So I was like, this does not even seem like me. You just reminded me I was supposed to audition for that. And I just, like, 
fully did it. I was just like, eh. In the middle of moving all this stuff, I'm like, girl, I fucking fully forgot to even. I know. That is so crazy. I forgot about that. That is wild. It's a series regular, too. It's not like getting that would be amazing, but like going through the motions and you put all your energy Wait, did I miss it? it? Should I have audition? Was I supposed to? Is it too late? Um, it was due yesterday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Bob, I miss you so much. Also, you look like you fully are someone's T.O. You are someone's T.O. Uncle. You just look so uncle right now. I can't. Well, what about me? Looks uncle. I'm, I'm, for those of you who are not watching this, I'm literally wearing a blue hoodie. With some a dark blue it's the bag. It's the bag. It's the bag. Oh, it's, it's overalls. Oh, I thought I, I thought you had like a little satchel, a little bag. I'm like, you are somebody's uncle. The house down boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just carrying a bag during the podcast when I. Bob, <laughs> you, the other day you did a podcast. You fully had your coat on and your bag in your lap, like like you 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 could you needed to leave the podcast at any minute. When did I have my bag in my lap? You had your bubble coat on. I was like, Bob, why do you have your coat on? You're like, oh, I was doing a and then you changed it to the Shea Coulee shirt. Well, there's also this thing in LA where apparently it's not, um, they don't go crazy over heat like they do in New York City. In New York City, bitch, if they heat, first of all, the landlords are so afraid of getting sued or fined by the city and their tenants that they will overheat the apartments. There are Girl. places in New York City where people will, will, it, you will have to sleep with your windows open in the winter because the building is so hot. The heat be so fierce. It sounds like someone's banging pots and pans in the walls. <laughs> and in L.A., they do not care that much about heat. They're like, we'll be high. It's only a week or two. Well, regardless if I move to L.A. Or, Port- or Portland, I refuse to live somewhere that has window units. Bitch. I have to have central air. I have not lived in this long with fucking window units. I would never again in my life do I ever want to deal with that. I fucking hate. I lived deal with it all my life. I mean, I guess I grew up with central heating and air in, in Georgia. Everywhere has. I don't that. care if you. I don't care if you live in the projects. You have central. You have central AC. That's fierce. Um, in fact, I lived in the projects with central AC. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm just shocked. Well, I live near the project. I lived in a bad neighborhood near the projects, to be fair. I would, I would, I wonder. <laughs> I just, I, did you ever, no, you said you, you didn't have fights when you grew up. You didn't have, uh, like, fists to cut. I got, I got into a fight at some point as a kid, but I, no, I, I did not engage in, I was not a kid who fought a lot, no. <laughs> Don't be scrunching up your nose. Like, you just so, like, you just so much better than everybody else who had fights as kids. Some of us had to fight for what we wanted in life, bitch. So don't be scrunching up your nose and being all hoity toity. So you had to, you had oh, to fist oh, fight to get oh, into your little, uh, your little performing arts school. You couldn't oh, get you into were. performing arts school unless you fist fought someone. Not performing arts school. No, bitch. I couldn't walk home safely until I fought somebody to get home. That's what I went through. And how many folks can walk home safely because of you? Nobody. I was never the aggressor. Well, you I was told always... me you was jumping. You told me you used to jump people. That's because that's after they jumped me. I had so to. So there are people who couldn't walk home safe because of you too. No, that's not true. So they were getting jumped, but they were just they were safe though. It was a nice jumping. <laughs> Bob, can you imagine six eighth grade boys just pummeling me to the ground? Like, and I I was a I was like a normal a bigger Without than normal. Without you getting an erection, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, not making fun of my trauma. <laughs> um, event, and I was Imagine bigger. The six eighth grade boys, and I'm just in sixth grade. Those when you were in sixth grade, you say eighth grade, you're like, this nigga's a man. When you're in sixth grader, yes, you would sit eighth grade and be like, this is this is a full ass adult human. To my little sixth grade ass. And just, I mean, destroying me, girl. But, you know, here we are. Why, why were they fighting you? Because you were a little... Because, I, I, yeah, I had a little switch in my walk. And I used to I used to hang with my friends Kamika, Reiko, and April. And there were three black girls. And I fun, I, I would, we were always together. We were inseparable. And they were like, this faggot-ass nigga is with these girls. Like, this is not okay. We need to beat his gay, fat, black ass. And they would, we would get on the bus. And I, we would be on one end. They will be on the other end. And they would be, like, pointing at me and... And then so we would, so me, Reiko, and Kamika would try to, like, get off on, like, the first stop that we were allowed to, to kind of throw them off. And then we would get off. No, no, not the cheese bus. bus. The real bus. The real, it was the B-49. I learned cheese bus from Monet and Kamika. Yeah, it's called the cheese bus. So we used to get off on the first stop on the B-41 bus, and then they would get off, too, because they they figured out the subterfuge, and then they would be like, yo... Yo, Kevin, what up? What's good? And then they would just fucking just start to destroy me. And I mean, I'm not talking about like little like little like elementary fights. No, bitch. These motherfuckers were we were fucking they were Floyd Mayweather and me the house down boots. So the thing is, I got into fights as a kid, but like I remember getting like the thing if you win one or two fights, people will well at my school anyway. A lot of kids will leave you alone. So I got into fights like with me and Jimmy Carter. Got into a fight. <laughs> Not the president. <laughs> yes, me and the president. His old ass got folded. <laughs> no, um, me and uh, Jimmy Carter got into a fight, and then um, me and O'Donis got into a fight. Um, and so, if you win a, your fight, people and I, I so I was, I mean, I was skinny, but I was still a big kid. There were kids at school bigger than me, but I was six two. I was o- over in middle pounds. school. I've been 6'2 since I was 7th grade. I've been the same height since 7th grade. That seems very strange. I was a very, very, very tall 7th grader. <laughs> and, now and now I am an averagely tall adult. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's tall. But no one's like, this is insane. When I was in 7th sixth grade, sixth, I mean, grade, people were like, what the fuck do you eat? 5th graders? Like, why are you so tall? <laughs> and I was really skinny, too. Um, until high school and I kind of evened out a little bit. I'm really still skinnier than now. I was like probably 160 mm-hmm. or whatever in high school. Um, and I, I've, always, I've also always been just like maybe a, a little bit stronger than um, some people. Bigger, faster, and I will always beat you. Um, but I, I, I hate that you had to go through that. That, that doesn't sound... I, I would not like... If, if I were there, I would have stood up for little Kevin. Yeah, and I didn't want to like tell my family because I was like they think I was, I was like a punk and like. Well, that's the thing in the black community. You cannot tell your. There's a big thing where you cannot come home and say you lost the fight. Right. Which I think is the weirdest shit that we like <laughs> condone, and we're all like, "Yeah, that's right." Don't you come home and say you lost, bitch? What if I'm fighting a nigga who is just bigger and stronger than me? I can't be bigger and stronger than everybody. Right. If I can't come home and tell y'all I lost, who the fuck can I tell? <laughs> have you heard those stories like, of course. There, there are people, like if you say you got, if you say you got into a fight 
then the parents will take you back to the house and make you fight again until you win. Yes. And I'm like, yes. bitch, I am scared. I got beat the fuck up. <laughs> you want to fight this big motherfucker again? No. No. Not interested. Not interested. I will say uh, one, one of the boys who used to beat me up, his name was D. Jesse. What a weird name. D. Jesse. And he was just like, he was, he was, he was a fucking Bob. He was like six foot four in the eighth grade. And he was so hot. So when he was beating me up, I was secretly like, yeah, but beat me up with that dick though. Thank God. <laughs> His name was the D- D- Jesse. Well, it was D Jesse. Like, that's his first name. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know much about D Jesse. But he was tall. He was cute, and his name was D Jesse. I did have a crush on one bully back in school, um, and his name, I don't, his name was George, and I was really had a huge crush on him, and he. Um, he got expelled because he brought a gun to school. In middle school? This might, this was, I can't remember if this was middle school or high school. Oh my G- God. Yeah, I remember when I, when I heard George brought a gun to school, I was like, oh my, Lord have mercy. <laughs> and last time I heard from George, uh, he was um, up to, like, you know, once you enter the prison industrial complex, it's very hard to wiggle yeah. your way out of it. Bitch, my uh, Dewan started getting me, got me into sixty days in. Have you ever watched sixty days in on? It's like a show where where um a prison in Georgia. Oh my God, the one in Fulton County, the Fulton County Jail in Georgia. You mean the Fulton County Correctional Center? It's my mommy's work. Yeah, they do a program where they where they and they film it for TV and they put real people in jail for sixty days to kinda so they so like they learn how the how the how the officers are treating inmates, um how drugs are getting in and all that stuff. And it's so fascinating. Yeah, my, my mom used to work at the Fulton County Correctional Facility as a as an instructor. Wow. There was this was the first time oh no the second time I've been attracted to um someone who was assigning female at birth her name was amber or amber lynn or something this black girl she was very butch she was a lesbian and she went into the system and she was just so hot and she got she ended up getting like caught up in it because like she was like doing this thing for the tv but she gets she then she started like smoking weed and she started like doing the real drugs with them and then she ended up falling in love with a girl in on the inside and she told her about it so they had to pull her out and then i think in too deep that's the whole uh, LL Cool J movie in too deep (laughs) And then two months, like two years, like two seasons later, she ends up going back to prison. I mean, not back. She was, she had never been to prison. She was, she ended up bought like doing a crime to get into prison so she can live the life. Isn't that crazy? That is, that don't even make sense. That, that sounds wild as hell. And you've been attracted to us. People who are saying, I remember you were attracted to, uh, Late Ashley, who was uh, also oh my assigned God. to Oh, also when when we did the um uh, a death drop on the West End, we had a drag uh, a drag king in the show named Louis Cipher, and she uh they were I, I think they're non-binary, and they were just so good and just so talented, and I found myself very attracted to Louis Cipher. Well, they're um taken. Just kidding. They are. They are. They they fully have a partner. <laughs> Um, wh- wh- when did you make this transition to a full-on TikTok room? We never discussed this. <laughs> I don't have a TikTok like, room. Like, I kind of mentioned it once, but you kind of just, you like, like, now you just laugh it off. But, like, you're in a fully blue room. You have the neon lights. Like, what is going on? 
I got this now. I really, what, what, you know who triggered this? Mateo. I went to Mateo's house. Mateo has oh, neon. Potato has neon everywhere. He has, and I was like, oh my God, this is actually like a really dope aesthetic. So I got this dope neon sign in my room. I went to my bathroom, one in my living room, and one in my drag room. So I just put off all my lights and I just put neon in the whole apartment and it's such a vibe. And it's like you're in the, in the, in the red light district. <laughs> <laughs> he was, do you, do you know that song, um, The Red Light District by Usher? Do you know that song? No, I know Red Light Special. Wow. Usher is your kin from your fucking state. You don't know his song? I, 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 you, you caught me. I, I don't know that song. Uh, you caught me. Did you rep Usher hard? When Usher, I remember when Usher's Confessions album came out. Usher like this broke the internet. He broke the internet. I said, I can say it and you came and said, there we go. One, One on the Wendy's these are my confessions. confessions. Yeah, yes! So good. Yeah, Girl Confessions was huge in Atlanta. Oh, it was huge everywhere. That that album, I don't know what it did commercially, but that album was fucking it 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 changed the game. We said we say you found somebody, you found somebody who make you change your ways like hanging with you because you've been there. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I said that this is what I love. Somebody has to be alone. So when you touch my words of the song, then baby, you got it, you got it bad. Wow. Oh, okay. Wait, I have a question. Girl. Have you been taking voice? Your voice, your, your singing is getting, are you taking voice lessons in LA? You know, I'll tell you after this break. Okay. What up, y'all? Look, it's 2021, and it's time to leave bad bras back in 2020. You can easily find the perfect bra for you at Third Love. Third Love bras are designed for your perfect fit. Third Love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all-day comfort and support. The Fitting Room Quiz is a fun and super easy interactive experience that focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect just for you. Throughout the whole thing, fit stylists are available for one-on-one chats to answer any questions that you may have about their bras. Better than a traditional bra fitting experience because this one you can do from the comfort and convenience of your own home, apartment, whatever it is. And new lounge by Third Love is made to wear everywhere. Their luxe mix and match styles are your unofficial uniform for anything you feel like doing, like working from home, lounging, going for a jog, going for a run. Girl, when you are running your errands, this is the bra for you, all with the quality and fit Third Love is known for. The fitting room has helped 18 million women find their true bra size, and you could be the next. Third Love stands behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are what? Free! Ooh, that was a little pitchy. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are available via chat or email to answer any and all of your questions. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com rivalry now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com rivalry for 20% off today. 
Now, I don't know if you've been living under a rock or you just have been avoiding social media or life, but everything in our world is getting smarter. I have my air conditioner wirelessly connected to my fridge, connected to my doorbell, and connected to my microwave and my phone, you know, just in case. And if you're a cat owner like me, I have news that will rock your world and your socks off. Litter is smarter too, thanks to the world's smartest cat litter, Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is the most advanced litter I've ever seen. It changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illnesses, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are notorious for hiding their illness, and it's important to catch health issues as soon as possible. Litter box cleanup is easier with Pretty Litter, too. Its ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly and last up to a month. Plus, Pretty Litter is safer for your cat and for the whole household. Many conventional litters contain irritants that can aggravate allergies or asthma or any sicknesses, but Pretty Litter's super lightweight crystals minimize mess and dust. And Pretty Litter arrives safely at your door in a small lightweight bag. Shipping is free, and I never have to worry about storing a big bulky container of litter or lugging a heavy uh, uh, bag of litter through a blizzard, because girl, Haha, <laughs> don't like that. Your cat deserves the best. Your cat deserves the world's smartest litter, and that's Pretty Litter. Do what I did and make the switch to Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code RIVALRY for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code RIVALRY for 20% off. Prettylitter.com, promo code what? RIVALRY. Um, no. <laughs> I'm not taking voice lessons. What I am doing is I have been Okay, awesome. Jacob's making a face. You're lying. Jacob's making a face. I have not been taking voice lessons. Jacob's doing a thing. Oh. I just haven't been on stage in <laughs> a very long time. And the stage was rickety wrecking my voice. Like ruining <laughs> me. And I just haven't been on stage just, for so long. So just your voice? voice? Is, uh, <laughs> and my knees. And my back. <laughs> Can I tell you? Was, I, I I I was telling you the other day. I did a fucking show, and with and like this new normal with the mass and shit. Bob, you would mm-hmm. hate it. Never again. I will. I'm so grateful that I don't like. I'm, and I commend the girls and my hat and my my wig and my mask off to all the girls who do it and have to do it weekly to earn their checks. That shit is not easy. It's really fucked up. I'm not built for it. Oh man. I- we, you know, since we're talking about reintroducing ourselves to the world of performing, which we will be doing at some point later this year, we should intru- reintroduce ourselves to our listeners and our patrons and okay. our viewers on YouTube, because I realize that a lot of people have joined us during the pandemic, and we've also ended no, 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 no. This is a TikTok room. You mean in the pandemia? Oh, and in, 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 in the Ponda replay. Um, <laughs> just joined us in the middle of this panorama Um, (laughs) and we also have a lot of fans who know us as the two from sibling rivalry like there are people who know us specifically from sibling rivalry and not RuPaul's Drag Race which is wild to me you're welcome (laughs) oh my god Um, so I think we should I don't know we should reintroduce ourselves to the fans Maybe it's like we're maybe this is our speed date. This is like podcasting speed dating to see if we are um, a match with each other. How's that sound? I'm into that. Do you do you know do you know who who did that song? Please allow me to introduce myself. My name is 
Finish the lyric. No, who, no who, I don't know. I don't Jay Z. My name is Hove. The, Bob. Oh no, we we did not listen. We did not listen to Jay Z like that in Atlanta. We were not uh, rocking Jay Z hard in Atlanta. I I jumped on the Jay Z bandwagon at the album The Blueprint. Got so everything it. Blueprint, and but also a still like a little bit of like you what. She goes, who? Uh, uh, uh. Just want to act loco. Hit him up numerous shots with the fofo. <laughs> Big pimpin', spread and cheese. It's just that. So I know a little thing before the movement as well. Um, but yeah. yeah. I, that is, I love that lyric. Motherfuckers want to act loco. Hit him up with numerous shots with the fofo. That's just a great lyric in general. <laughs> um, okay, so okay, so these questions, are we answer? Oh, well, I guess who we are. And let's introduce each other. So who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Monet Exchange, a.k.a. Kevin Burton. I was on season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race and where I won Miss Congeniality. And I was on All Stars 4 where I tied for the win. Ew. Where Trinity, I'm kidding. There's no animosity. That was a joke. Please don't post nothing talking about ga ga ga. Post where it. I, post it. Or I tagged for the win with Trinity. In fact, someone take this whole thing. And just one of the fans just edit out the part where she said she was joking. So it make, make it sound seamless. Drama. I'll send you the raw audio. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're at time for the win. But before that, I worked in New York City for a long time in drag, where I successfully had six shows a week, every day except Friday, and um, where I paved the way for Bob the Drag Queen's career. Your turn. Now, also, if you are just joining us, uh, if this is the first week to listen to, you'll realize that Monet... Loves to make up history. She makes up facts. She makes up history. She has a long uh, uh, track record on this podcast of introducing things into the world as if they're truth. And they fully don't be. But it really works for us somehow, uh, magically. How long did you do drag in New York City before your drag race? I did drag 12 13, 14, 15, 16, I got on seven. So for six years before I got on Drag Race. Does that seem like a lot? Or does it seem pretty standard? Some girls, like Latrice, were doing over 20 some odd years. Uh, Tamisha, 30 years. Um, Valentina and Shangela. Well, Shangela, I think, is the youngest at under a year in drag. Yeah. I think Shangela, I think when Shangela did, did Drag Race the first time, that was like her sixth time in drag. And she was on TV like, hallelujah. To be fair, they were girl, they, they didn't have any options. It was slim pickings. They, they, they took whatever they got. <laughs> and I think Valentina had been, and Valentina, there's also controversy that Valentina right. said she'd been doing drag for less than a year. And then folks were like, what about this picture of you from two years ago? Because <laughs> this looks like you in the time show. <laughs> Say something different. Okay, who are you and what do you do? How do people know you? So my name is Bob the Drag Queen. I am a comedian. I am a, uh, I'm an actor. I'm an activist. Um, I do like to say that I was um, at one point one of the true queens of New York City on the scene. Um, when when you talk about the, the five queens who was the workingest bitches in the city, I was definitely on that list, which I was very proud to be. For maybe like two years, I was like that bitch in New York City. Um, and then I got on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think after seven, seven or eight years of doing drag. Let me see. I, I got on Drag Race in 2000. I filmed 2005, 15. And I started doing drag in 2009. So 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, seven years. Seven years I've been doing drag before I landed on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I won season eight. 
I was in the top three with Naomi Smalls and Kim Chi. Um, and, you know, since then, I've been on the international drag scene, um, still doing things in New York City here and there. Like, I, you know, me and Monet do our shows that we were doing in New York City for, for a while before Monet started touring um, with Work the World. So everyone that's not per, okay. That, that's not so, all I so told. I, let me. I let you do your thing. So everyone knows that when we slow, when we stopped doing our shows in New York City, it was because Monet uh, didn't want to do them anymore. Just so we're clear. Okay. Fair first of, okay, I was not only touring work the world. I also toured with my solo own my very own solo show called Call Me by Monet, which went to which I toured Australia with it. I toured the United Kingdom with it, and I toured America with it. So be very clear about what you're saying. Like you I did don't... like you did like ten cities. Don't pop off, mom. Okay. Uh that is not I toured true. too, mistake. I, I did some tours, some solo tours too, but somehow I magically found time to still give our New York City people who gave us our start a show somehow. Well, some of magically. us were some of us were less busy than others. I'm just gonna say that. Um, how did well, we meet? You know, I agree that is true. Some of us <laughs> have been less busy. That's for damn show. <laughs> how did we meet, Bob? I don't remember at this point. Well, I remember our first meeting. I mean, I remember the time I remember seeing you was I, I was telling people the first time I remember seeing you was at uh, Thorgy. By the way, me and Thorgy just did an episode of um, First First Impressions, and she is I oh. forgot how no, so but it's, uh, it's 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 one of my favorite episodes. It was you guys were so funny together. It was I was having a lot of technical difficulties for some reason. My internet was just not having it. The, the internet was like, nope, under no circumstances will you be recording anything. So I had to do old school um, sibling rivalry style, meaning I recorded the video while we were on this other, like on like a Zoom or Facebook call. It was it was wild. Anyway, um, anyway, so I met you at Thorgy's uh, legendary party called Saliva, which is at the Ritz, which is on Forty Sixth Street uh, between eight and nine. Um, and uh, this was like an experimental um, night, like a experimental club night. Where there was a, it was a drag show. It wasn't experimental like Suzanne Barsh. It wasn't like people, uh, you know. I mean, there were people wearing crazy outfits, but it was still a drag show hosted by these two queens named Azraya and one named Thorgy, who was on season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race with me. Um, but I reached out to Azraya about being on the show, and they were like, "Yeah, I want to do it." Um, oh, but we just, we just we just need to coordinate. Work. That's great. So I saw you there, fresh out of uh, college. And you would come down and, and Monet will never acknowledge this and neither will Jasmine, which it makes, it drives me crazy. This is why Monet kind of fuck with my brain. God. Monet and Jasmine were engaging in this pu- like public publicity stunt where they were acting like a couple. Someone spread the rumor that you two were a couple and then when people would ask you, you two would hug and like, 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 laugh, like, like pet each other. <laughs> Pat, what and up? you would <laughs> never ever say it wasn't true people were like are y'all dating I'll never because you know how the, the seats used to be against the wall and there was one little spot that kind of would jut out remember that yes y'all were sitting on that little embankment and then someone goes give it up for um her at the time her name was uh, uh Kim Chi Chi give it up for Kim Chi Chi and Monet Exchange um who are dating and then Everyone's like, what? And then you two were like hugging and shit and like looking at each other like you were fucking. I don't remember that, but if you do, that's good for you. Um, but so you don't remember anyone acting, thinking y'all were dating? 
once or twice. I remember that. And Jasmine, Jasmine engaged in that. I was not engaging in that. That was Jasmine's thing. Well, you did not negate it or, or refute it in any way. So <laughs> and, I thought Monet was dating. So I thought y'all were this like opera singing couple who got <laughs> together over opera. I don't know what opera singers would be fucking doing. And then I also realized myself <laughs> like too we're, like, like we're like, so like we're not human beings, bitch. What the fuck? I was like, of all the people I know that sing opera, y'all niggas is weird as fuck. You, Shaquita, Nick, Mateo, y'all are wild. And you just, and you, you just over there like, like, like the most normal person that's ever existed on earth. Bitch, please. Okay, for, let me try If this was a sitcom, you know, the, the main character is the normal one. I'm the main character and you are no. the kooky, nutty neighbor. You're like when you open the when you open the door, everyone just starts laughing. <laughs> it's like when Kramer walks in, everyone goes, ah! and you get like this big standing ovation, like the nutty neighbor. And then when I walk in, they go, aww, because I have the heartfelt moments. Well, well, and and them heartfelt moments is bullshit. And then okay, <laughs> and let me tell y'all. So in case you also Bob's name is Kurt, obviously Bob the drag queen. But for a big time in New York, before he had another name, which was Kitten with a Whip. So, so I didn't meet mm -hmm. Bob. I met Kitten with a Whip. And this is back when Bob. And then what? And then why did you change your name to Bob? I don't even remember. Okay, so you. I mean, the real story is really not even an exciting story. I was I used to host karaoke with this guy named Brian Kalinowski. And Brian and I were like, we will always say each other's full names every, at the beginning of every sentence so that the audience would know our name. So I'm like, Brian Kalinowski, who is our next guest? He gonna go, well, kid with a whip, our next guest is Jacob Ritz. And then we bring up Jacob. Then I go, that was amazing. Brian Kalinowski, how was your weekend? He goes, kid with a whip, it was amazing. So I spent this entire evening getting my name said this many times. This one drunk guy came up. And he was like, you guys, I said, give it up for Dave. Wasn't he great? And Dave goes, hey, don't forget to give it up for your host, Kim. <laughs> Kimchi? And I said, Kim, because because that, that's a drag name. Said, give it up for you guys. I'm Kim. I'm Kim the drag queen. And then for the rest of the night, I kept being like, all right, don't forget me, your host, Kate. Kate the drag queen. I kept picking really simple names. I was like, all right, and don't forget me, Jim. Jim the drag queen. And then at the end of the night, I was like, and last but not least, I'm your host, Bob. Bob the drag queen. Have a great night, everyone. And I remember thinking, that's actually a really a funny name. Like, what if I, what if I change my name to that? And then I went home that night and I made this little graphic online. It was me in the outfit from that night and it said, Kim the drag queen. And, um, and then I kept thinking about other names and I told my friends, I said, I'm going to change my name to Bob. And then everyone was like, "Girl, do not do that." Yes, I remember. Name. I was like, "Bob, that I, I, Bob." I was like, "Look, I can't, I, I, can't, I just can't stop myself. I can't stop myself." I was saying it. I was like, "Girl, no." I was like, "No." And, and everyone was like, "You, that, that is a bad." And I was like, "I just think it'd be really funny if I like was Bob the drag queen, and then I went and won like some national pageant." That was literally my thought process. And then to be like, and Miss Continental. 2018 is <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Can I just tell you, if you wanted a sentence that describes Bob the most, literally when he says, I just kept, I just kept thinking to myself, it would be really funny. That is literally how you make the majority of the decisions that I know you to make. <laughs> I just kept thinking to myself, it would be really be funny. funny. But literally. also, wouldn't it? But wouldn't it, though? <laughs> um, like, that would be so funny. I also and, and honestly, half the time, I'm right. 
Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Um, I also do remember meeting Bob at Saliva Tuesdays when uh, what I I had I had seen Bob before, like, and we have had like a conversation here or there, or we've been in the same group of people like outside standing somewhere at a diner or whatever, and I, we had I'd seen him like that. But the time where I was like, I remember like seeing Bob, like I was like, oh my god, I'm obsessed with him, I love him, was when we were at, he was at Saliva Tuesdays and he did this diamond number where Bob had this like oh. diamond cat suit. And then he, but you had this like dress on top of it, and then you reveal into the cat suit, and then you pulled on this. Then you, then you, no, then diamonds came out of your mouth. Which I don't. How did you yeah. lip sync with the diamonds in your mouth the whole time? So what I actually did was I did the entire number, and I because the the number started with a phone call, and I was holding the phone a fake phone like this. But I actually had a handful of rhinestones. So oh. Like this. And then it ended with my boyfriend cheating on me. And I just go, hey. Oh, you sneaky little snake. And then I put all the rhinestones in my mouth. And then the song goes, diamonds are oh, forever. forever. And then all the rhinestones just fall out of my mouth. And everyone's like, what? Oh. The video is still on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. I mean, on shit. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube. We're all gonna Maybe put the link. Maybe we should post it in the Patreon. We should post this video in the Patreon. This was so. What happened was, if I recall, so I did that, and then I I reach into this like box, and I pull out like a, a necklace, and then I pull out some rhinestone shoes. Them okay. So Bob took these payless shoes and put these big ass rhinestones. When I tell you, his feet look like two fucking yachts on. His- well, it's even worse than that. They weren't payless. They were those old bordello shoes, but just the ones, but the backless <laughs> ones. So it was just the front, like a shell toe, and they weren't rhinestones. I went down to the uh, Koreatown and I bought uh, earrings in a bulk, and I cut the stems off of these earrings. Yes. So there were these massive earrings that I glued to my that shoes. That shit. And my feet looked insane. <laughs> like, Britta Filter, she used to glue shit to her shoes on Drag Race. <laughs> and then I ripped off my um, dress. dress. I had this cat suit underneath that is stone, but it was only stone down to the knees because I couldn't find a dress that went to the floor. <laughs> I, couldn't, I didn't know how to sew yet. So the dress went to the knees, so the rhinestone stopped at the knees. Because the things I've learned since then. But it also, it, then, but it it it's, uh, it looks like an aesthetic choice. Like you were, because you had framed your body. Like you had done the boobs and the waist and the hips. Mm-hmm. So it looks like an aesthetic choice. So good good for you. And, and then I, uh, I had on this uh, white bob that I used to wear down. Like... I used to wear this bob, and, and I used to go back to the store and buy new. Because if you if you're black and you wear white hair, especially if it has bangs, bitch, your bangs black too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I had a whole bunch of white bobs that I would go through, and I would I had this uh like a, a hairnet basically that you, that you could pull all the way under your chin, and I had it just hidden right under my bangs. And at the very end of the number, I reached up and I pulled down the um that shit was fierce. The the mesh and then my whole essence was covered. I need to, I gotta bring that number back. It was a great number. Oh bitch, I'm doing it. Well, I'm gonna I'll see you. So, and then, you so I remember seeing Bob do that and after I was like, oh my God, he's so good. And I was just and I was like, he's so talented. And 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 yeah, and then like the and I think that same night or some or the week after that. We were somewhere, and I was like, "Oh, I need to get a dress made for." I was doing so you think you can drag, and you were like, "I was, I can, I, I, I can help you make this dress." I was like, "Really?" And you were like, "Yeah." You was like, "As long as you buy the fabric, and, and I'll give you the dress in my apartment, you can come up, and I'll help you make the dress." 
And then you made me the gown. But you, which, but you, but you have to hang out. That was the one rule. You have to hang oh, out. Oh, anytime Bob did something, you had to be at his house and you had to hang out because with him. If I'm sewing for you for free, you don't get to just drop your shit off and leave. <laughs> like, you have to fucking, yeah, you have to stick around. It's not great. You have know, like some crazy rule I make up. That's just insane. But you're getting a free dress. Just hang out until the dress is done. You know what I mean? Which this is where this is before you couldn't sew. You could sew. So it's literally like. <laughs> So how Bob made this dress? It wasn't horrible. I could sew a little bit. <laughs> he made me this mini dress, and then and I wanted a reveal because I was the Little Mermaid. So then, so then Bob made the mini dress, and then Bob then he makes another tube that would go basically from my waist to the floor, and he put a little triangle go day at the back. And he's like, Monet, it's really simple. What you do is you're gonna put that part on first. And then you're gonna, and then then you're gonna put the the other mini dress on top of it, then roll it up, and then just reveal that way. It was very hodgepodge, but it worked, and it got it got me to win that week. And you, and you wore that, and you wore that little mama for a minute. Oh, you wore that bitch. Dress for a hot years, okay, years. I wore that dress. <laughs> Where is it? You probably put it in bad drag, knowing you. Oh, girl, yeah, she's gone. By the way, I, I put in, in the Facebook chat, I have put in the, the image I made of Kate the Drag Queen. That was the night that that was the first <laughs> time the name Bob the Drag Queen was ever. Did you see it? Yes. This, this was what I was wearing that night. I cannot, Bob. Kate the and Drag we'll, Queen. We'll put it over. Maybe we'll, we'll put it on the screen. So if you're if you're if you want to watch along with us, by the way, you can go to our Patreon. Um, if you can just go to uh, Sibling Rivalry and type it, if you go to Google and type in Sibling Rivalry Patreon, you will be able to join the almost 13,000 people who have joined us over there and have said that this is the best Patreon they have ever, ever, ever contributed to. And I am very grateful that you all have uh, decided to uh, join us on this on this wild journey, honey. This next question has um, fucked us up a little bit because Bob literally won't let it go. But Bob, please let everyone know where you're from. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> Why is this so funny? What's so funny? Y'all, I, anytime I say Bob is from Atlanta, <laughs> bitch, I get read the right act. Well, first of all, I'm from Clayton County. Blah, 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 blah. That I live in So please explain the whole thing, bitch. Stop acting brand new. My, I'm from Atlanta. What do you want from me? Oh, my God. <laughs> Red, our, our, our season podcasters, y'all know what's up. <laughs> all right, Alex, this is why I do this. Okay, first of all, Monet does not, when I met Monet, she did not understand how Atlanta works. And it makes, and I understand that because a lot of people are a little bit confused as to what goes on in Atlanta. Atla the, Atlanta itself is a, actually is not very highly populated. There's about, I think, 400,000 people living in Atlanta. That barely makes it a metropolis. However, the greater Atlanta area has 6 million people living in it. So therefore, I am from the greater Atlanta area. Most people in Atlanta, I would say, when you told me to describe it, do you want me to describe it or not? <laughs> so therefore, 500,000 people live in the suburbs of Atlanta and only about 500,000 actually live in Atlanta. I'm from the suburbs of Atlanta, specifically Clayton County. I'm from Clayton County. I was born in Columbus, Georgia, which is about an hour and a half south of Atlanta. 
So sometimes I tell Monet about parts of my life, and I was like, oh, well, that was when I lived in Columbus. And she'll be like, I thought you was from Atlanta. And I'm like, I am from Clayton County. Clayton County's not Atlanta. No, Clayton County is in the greater Atlanta area. And then and don't let me ever tell Monet when I used to live in Alabama, Mississippi. That just really throws off Monet's entire concept of my uh, history. Corinth, <laughs> Mississippi. Um, it's Corinth. Corinth, Corinth. And I, but it's, it's actually pronounced Corinth, but we all, but everyone in Corinth says Corinth. Corinth. And I um, was raised in Brooklyn, but I was born in St. Well, I, I'm sorry, I was born in Brooklyn. I lived in St. Lucia from the time I was one to 10 years old, and then I moved back to New York. So, so tell me about the cat. And I have a cat that got eaten, the, the one that got eaten. No. Yeah, this, this is like a wild story in the podcast. I remember hearing this and being traumatized. <laughs> So, this is when, like, my, like... Was bio- it Zeus? <laughs> no. This is my biological... Uh, this, I, didn't, I didn't... Never tell you this part about the story. This probably has to be, like, a two-part episode, by the way. This is when my... This is when my uh, my biological dad I came back in my life for, like, a really brief moment. And to, like, prove, like, he was, like, fierce, he got me a cat. And I was living with my... With my... With... Uh, with and then my parents, who raised me, they were like, what is... You have a cat? And I was like, yeah, my dad got me a cat. And they were like, okay. You cannot get someone a cat without telling their their legal guardians. Right. So I show up with this cat. Like, imagine if you went to school and the teacher was handing out cats. <laughs> the kids go home and like, bitch, I got a cat. <laughs> so I had this cat and then we had a little box or anything. And so, but anyway, we, we ended up getting the thing. I had the cat for about a week. Then one day we left for school and I guess we had the window open a little too much and the cat got out of the kitchen window. And then when we came back that that night, like we couldn't, like the cat was not there and we couldn't find the cat. We woke up the next morning and the brains of the cat were on our lawn and we found out that the neighbor's dog, Cleopatra, ate our cat. That was like, her name. Cleopatra, Cleopatra was a bad bitch. Bitch, she ate our cat. Well, do, you, do you think there's any chance on earth that your mom um, didn't like the cast and she left the window open on purpose? <laughs> no, I don't think so. She loves cats. You think your mom was like, me not taking care of no cats. We're going to leave <laughs> your window open over there. Cat jumping out the window. Cleopatra, do what dogs do. Mike, first of all, my mom is not fucking Jamaican. That's number one. What is this? That's that was not a Jamaican a, accent. That was that Jamaican. That was a St. Lucian accent. That was that not St. Lucian. Not even a little bit. Kevin. Kevin, Kevin keep no, Kevin like this. Kevin, Kevin, say, can, do you hear how that is? It's Kevin, not, well, also, Kevin. I keep asking you to do a St. accent. I've been begging you on this podcast for three years. Well, give you me something to say. Give me something to say. Tell me that you killed my cat on purpose. Like, say that? Tell me you left the window open. Tell me... <sighs> <laughs> See, Monet is embarrassed to do so. She will. Ne- I've been asking her to do this for years. I'm not embarrassed. It's just hard to just say. Okay, say, say one more time. What you want me to say? I left the window open because I didn't like your cat. I left the window open because I didn't because I didn't like your cat. I left the window open because I didn't like your cat. <laughs> <That is? laughs> Cleopatra, but this is a traumatizing story. Now, if you all want to know, I wish I could pinpoint the episode. Maybe we'll be able to figure it out later on. But there are some episodes that really go deep into me and Monet's childhood. We basically, I can't remember, we discussed childhood trauma. The one about parents, I think. Or or like the one about parenting, something like that. 
Yeah, and me and Monet go pretty deep. It was very emotional. We were crying. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a lot. So Monet and I both had really interesting childhood. Monet was uh, raised, Monet's mom, is, Monet was raised not by her biological parents, by her aunt and, 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 and her aunt's husband, right? Yeah. And I was raised by my mother, but um, not my father, who uh, who has had a bout with um, drug abuse and and just lying and stealing. And I feel like the most recent like emotional moment we had on the podcast was when I was talking about the um, the barber who traumatized me at the at the barber oh shop. my god you know yes that I can, I hate that story. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was I hate horrible. that. Now, okay, what is your thought process? Because I want to hear if your idea of how this podcast came to be is the same as the truth. <laughs> well, the podcast came to be, um, but so this was when I was on Drag Race, and then literally like the year I was like like doing the thing, Bob accepted the role of Belize and Angel Angels in America, which was happening in. Um, in the in the in Berkeley, California. So Bob was gone from New York. Which don't know, Berkeley is in the Bay Area. Berkeley Berkeley is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Literally, the biggest moment of my life. Bob was like, "Oh, you're going through this. I'm going to leave and not be here for you. Um, to, to to emotionally and physically support you." I was like, "Work." So Bob left. You better make my my whole existence <laughs> about supporting your ass. <laughs> Bob left <laughs> from January until June of that year, 2018. So, and Bob and I literally, since Bob, since that day that Bob made me that fucking horrible Little Mermaid dress, Bob and I literally talked every, we talk every day. Um, and we would speak every day for hours and hours on end. And Bob and I would always have these conversations, like, about the, mo- about from really serious stuff to silly stuff to funny stuff, just like talking on the phone. But to be fair, Bob talks to a lot of his friends on the phone a lot. Um, also, Monet was, Monet was uh, I think one of the times that Monet gagged the most at me was <laughs> There have, been, there have been two times in my life and I was like, okay, that what I did was a lot, but I still stand by what I did. The time that I invited you over to my place to sit down and make you watch uh, Todrick Hall's uh, film. Because I kept being like, Monet, you need to watch this. It is important <laughs> as black queer people that we watch this film. And Monet, Monet kept being like, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. I kept asking her. So then I, I like cleared Monet's schedule. I like called Monet over. I had the whole thing set up in my living room, which was also my closet at the time. And we watched um, No, okay, film. you're missing many details. Number one, I was so, at this time, I was working full time and doing drag. So I was working 40 hours a week and also doing drag on nights that like on two or three nights out of the week when I could like get it together, you know? And and also I had a fucking church job, which I had Wednesdays and Sundays. Like my life was really crazy, really busy. So when I like had moments to sleep at home, I would cherish that. So one day on probably on the one day of the week, Bob probably had off, which I think was Fridays or something like that. I get a call from Bob in like during in the morning at like 12 o'clock and, and which and I used to work overnight from 11 to 7 a.m. So I would be sleeping until like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I get a call from Bob. He's like. I'm like, hello? He's like, Monet, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. I'm just home. And you're like, you don't have anything to do today? I was like, no, I have my day off. He's like, come on. He's like, come to your place. I need to, I need, I, I mean, come over to my place. I need to show you something. And I was like, what? He's like, he's like, Monet, you don't have anything to do. Just please come over. This is important. I need you. To, I need you to see this. Come over to my place. 
and IG's up. When they get the, the coexist mobile. <laughs> Which I still do just following Bob blindly like a fucking idiot. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm coming. I get to his house and he was like, we're going to watch Straight Out of Oz. I was like, you made me drive my fucking car from Brooklyn to watch Straight Out of Oz. I was like, I can watch this on my own. I was so annoyed. But you watched it and we cried and it was beautiful. Can you acknowledge that? <laughs> it was. It and I'll tell you the other ridiculous thing I did after this break. This episode is sponsored by Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Realty, prescription acne treatment really works, but it's very hard to get. You have to take time off of work to go see a doctor, sit in a line, stand in line outside, go to the pharmacy for your medications. It's a lot. Until Apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately, and your medications are delivered to yo dough. Girl. 2021. I love it. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then just snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. The best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. Apostrophe treats acne and they can also help you hit your other skincare goals. Have you ever had dark spots after a breakout? Uh, me. That's called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, or PIH. And Apostrophe has prescription medication that's the most effective and fastest way to get rid of your dark spots. Y'all, I have a lot of hyperpigmentation, you know, from like razor bumps and ingrown hairs. Like, I suffer with a lot of stuff. So, having um, skincare personalized for you and not having to go to a dermatologist is everything. Because Apostrophe can tailor your plan to fit your specific skincare goals and needs. Get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com rivalry and use code rivalry. This code is only available to our listeners, honey. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com rivalry and click begin visit. Then use the code rivalry at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash rivalry and use that code rivalry to get your dermatology visit for $15 off and we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you, girl. Is music a big part of your life? Let me tell you about Anchor, Spotify's podcasting platform. There are creation tools that allow you to easily and quickly record and edit right from your phone or computer. And best of all, Miss Stang, she is free. With Anchor, you can create a Music Plus talk show. With Music Plus Talk, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes, alongside talk segments featuring your commentary. Miss Day, this is revolutionary. This is the future. This is happening now. Music Plus Talk is a new way to create with all the music that you love. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's from music analysis, your own radio show, a hosted playlist, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something the world's never heard before. You can do it with Anchor Music Plus Talk. Anchor will even help publish your show on Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. 
Got an idea for a Music Plus Talk show? Just head over to anchor.com FM slash Music Plus Talk. That's anchor.fm slash M-U-S-I-C-P-L-U-S-T-A-L-K to sign up for Anchor and make your own Music Plus Talk show for free. Okay, so the other ridiculous thing was that time that when you were getting, I never actually talked about this on the podcast, Monet was getting ready for Drag Race. Oh, stop, and Monet I'm was, cry. Monet was like trying, <laughs> Monet was like, Bob, I have to pick up gigs. I need to make money to go on Drag Race. This is so exhausting. I said, Monet, you really need to take the time to be prepared. You need to be like sewing. You need to be talking to designers. You need to be planning out looks. And Monet was like, I know I hear all that, but I also have to, like, I can't do this without money. So then I called Monet's gigs. <laughs> I called the gigs. I used to work in those same places. I called the manager. I was like, y'all need to let Monet off. And they were like, whatever. I said, don't worry about Monet cannot work those nights. Monet cannot work for like the next week. Monet is, it is a wrap. Monet is done. And I was like, well, what do y'all pay Monet at these gigs? And they were like, this much. So then I was, and I, was, I factored in that plus some tips. And then when they came over and we just had a night where I was like, well, Nay, you need to just take a night and just take, take it easy. So we just hung out. And then I, I gave Monet like a little bit over her weekly earnings that time, which luckily for me at the time, it wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gave me, you gave me, I said, oh, no, what, okay. So I, so I get to Bob's house. I don't remember who was it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find, I, it was some, oh, it was a sugar pill box. So I get to Bob's house and Bob gives me a sugar pill box. This is back when sugar pill, um, Amy Shrinkle used to send girls like products yeah. on like the new stuff. So there's a sugar pill box and it had like all the paper stuff and then Bob gave it to me. He was like, don't open this until you get home. I was like, okay. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, she said, don't open this until you get home. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then so, and then you're like, and Bob, he's like, Monet, I'm serious. Don't open it until you get home. I was like, okay, I won't. So then I took the box, I put it in my in my bag, and we hung out that whole night. I went home probably at like two or three o'clock in the morning, as usual. And I got to my apartment, I opened the box, and Bob gave me twenty five hundred dollars, and I was like, "Oh my god!" But you also needed to like take time off of work and to get your costume good. You because I, I listen, I know the stress of trying to do your gigs and get ready for Drag Race. That shit is in. Sane. Yeah. Especially when you work as much as me and Monet work. Like now I know a lot of the queens that y'all see on Drag Race who may not be from LA or Chicago or New York City. These queens like Utica or these queens like um uh you know queens from smaller towns, they be doing drag a couple of times a month. Right. At the most. Yeah. And it is so they have more time to prepare. And, and for a lot of New York City queens like Britta Filter and Rose and Jan Sport and Bianca Del Rio, myself, Monet, Thorgy, a lot of us were trying to hold down at the least five gigs a week. Yeah. Um, well, and, well, and trying to get ready for Drag Race. What was crazy? Your little daughter, Miss Cracker, literally the month before. So Cracker had and I, we had, we had a gig on Sundays together. And the month before, like we were, we left. September 9th or something like that. And then like the month before, like in August 9th, Cracker left all her gigs. She was like, I'm not coming back for the next two months. And I was like, how can she afford to just leave these gigs like this? This is crazy. I guess she was, you know, Cracker also used to come from the corporate world. So maybe Cracker was just good at saving money. Maybe probably. Cracker probably had a 401k. White folks be having money. White folks, let me tell you now. White folks have money. Do not believe them when they tell you they don't have money. 
they be having money every time. <laughs> so, so, so Bob being away, and then that's how we started sipping rivalry because Bob was like, "Well, it was Bob's idea to start the podcast, Bob." But you can tell that part. Tell, tell us what, how do we start sipping rivalry according to you? Well, so I just, you know, I am a podcast listener. Monet knows that I. Uh, well, Monet, if you've ever been around me before, and I, I don't do it so much around other people because it is hard to. It seems a little bit rude to listen to a podcast with someone in the room unless they like consent. It's not like music. Like us, you can like talk while songs are going or play a song, but sometimes if you show up while I'm painting, you'll hear me listen to like This American Life or Serial or some podcast or uh, Feast of Fun, which I used to listen to a lot back in the day. And um, I've, I've been listening to podcasts and I've always loved them. It's a great way to pass time if you're commuting or if you're doing your makeup, if you're cleaning your house. Uh, it's just really great. Sometimes music can get really repetitive right. in my experience. Yeah. So I was like, one day we should do a podcast. Like I want to enter the podcasting space. And there were not any, I could not believe at the time there were no Rue Girls doing podcasts except RuPaul and Michelle. Yeah. That's a gag. We were like the, we were, we were the first ones. That's crazy. That is wild to me that, that no Rue Girl, and maybe someone's going to pull up a drudge up an old, uh, old uh cameron uh michaels and uh you know eureka somebody podcast from the late 80s <laughs> um but Mona and i currently have outside of what's the tea the longest running drag race podcast uh which i'm very proud of so it was basically a way for me and money to connect and also like monetize our personalities because our dynamic together a lot of people don't know this because we were on separate seasons, and maybe they wouldn't have even known this if we hadn't had this podcast. But Monet and I are really, really close friends, and we just have absurd, absurd interaction. I mean, I don't even know this. To people who are on Patreon, we just watched The Time Traveler's Wife on Valentine's Day, <laughs> and me, me and Monet had an epic blowout about what it, about what suspension of disbelief means. Okay, that is- it, it will be. I'm telling you about anything. We will be. And Monet be acting like I'm the only one heated. Monet be fired up too. Monet I know be, be fired up. On, Monet be on fire, <laughs> just like me. I don't be arguing by myself. <laughs> but give, bitch, giving you give you the opportunity, and you would. Um, so <laughs> the <laughs> the premise of civic rivalry is that we wanted to let people into just normal conversations that Bob and I have all the time. So that's why anytime we discuss something, we always say we are not experts in the field of this. We're not uh, uh, biologists. We aren't uh, 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 doctors, whatever it is, because these are just like you would have conversations with maybe your best friend or your siblings or your family members. This is literally what this is. We just happen to have a headphone, um, a microphone, and a really nice camera recording it. And matching headphones at one point. I'm wearing, I'm using Ezra's headphones today. Are those gaming but headphones? Head, no, these are just regular headphones oh, right. um, for music stuff. I mean, uh, so our most legendary argument is probably still, veganism. Still, I mean, yeah. and y'all don't even realize that, okay, if you go back and listen to the veganism argument, people are like in the comments being like, oh no, they argue and argue. <laughs> like it was <laughs> like. <laughs> And y'all don't even know that was a redo <laughs> of the original. Like the original one was before me and Monet had ever actually uh, recorded any podcast or anything. Girl, and it was we were. 
<laughs> we were wilding out. Like it was, it was a, it, 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 thing, well, it does this thing where I, I'll say something. And then when they would be like, I'll be like, when I just think that this, 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 and this. And when they go, okay, so if I'm some big monster, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm some big nasty fucking monster. And I was like, I, I didn't say that. All I said was, I think that, you know, the meat industry has some some of these traits. Oh, so I'm a bad person. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you think about that, that argument, Monet? Oh, the veganism was wild. But I, I, like you said, that's so funny that because so so Bob and I had this argument, but way like literally, I think like a year before we actually did the podcast about it. And we yeah. got so bad at each other. We had like a real moment. I didn't talk to Bob for like two days afterwards. I'm like, I need time. I need to I need <laughs> I need to cool off. But anytime you argue with Bob for real, Bob is not the you go your separate way. I go my way. I need to calm down. Bob was like, no, no, we're going to talk about it right now. Bob is Bob cannot he cannot let you go and cool down. But like, no, you're not cooling down. We're talking about it right here, right now. <laughs> well, Moneta had an argument, had a pretty big argument during the pandemic where um oh, yes. we had a misunderstanding. So Monet <laughs> Monet called me and asked me for someone's number. He's this cartoonist named Jay Solcenti. Check out his work. He's a great animator and he's really cute too. Like uh, like kind of cute little muscle guys. Um, but Monet was like, I need Jason Cynthia's phone number. And I was like, okay. I'm watching a TV thing right now though. So just text me and remind me so I don't forget <laughs> to send it to you. And then Monet didn't text me, but she called me back in like 30 minutes. Like, Bob, I really need that number. And I said, oh my God. I forgot, but you got to text me. And then when they said, I'm not texting you. No. I, she was like, I don't know what you were on that day. You were hot. That's not but even it was it. Like, I'm not texting you. You forgot about <laughs> it. No, 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 no. We, I, that, it, that night I asked you, then it was the next day I was painting. And then you and I happened to be on the phone again. And then and you said something to the effect of, so weren't you not going to text me to remind you about the thing? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, but you just remembered it right now. So I was like, so you can just send it. But Bob would not send it. He was like, no, but you need to text me. And I was like, no, but yes. No, that no, that's not the truth. I had actually, when I was telling you, you're not gonna you're not gonna text me, I had already texted him and said, Can I give money or no? So Monet knows one one a strong and hard rule in my life is I will not give anyone anyone else's number unless I have their permission. I don't care if it is the the least famous person or the most famous person. I make sure that I, I'm sure everyone be like, please give Monet my number. I'm like, I don't know. Like, for example, like someone uh, who I know like would be mad is like Peppermint. If I ever gave anyone Peppermint's number, she would bite my head off. Like she, <laughs> Peppermint would go bananas on me. So I, I, and so I texted at that moment was like, hey, gonna give Monet your number. And then, and then I said, you were going to remind me. And then Monet went, girl, Monet went off the handle and let me have it no because i was so gay because bob like y'all said he was already getting it he was already doing the thing but he was like but but you would not give it to me until unless i texted you that was the premise also not true what ended up happening was as soon as jay so cynthia sent it to me i sent it to you jay did not see my text for a minute now i will i will admit this 
I was a little hot at you in the moment. <laughs> so I was not telling you that I was waiting for Jay, which would have probably been very valuable information and would have probably, probably prevented a lot of arguing. But, but when I got the number, I sent it to you, Monet hit me with the old classic. I don't need, I got it already. <laughs> Yo, we have we had some really good fights. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I know it sounds it sounds toxic, but I really like arguing with you. Like it's, <laughs> arguing, arguing with you is fun. I don't know how else to say it one night, but it is genuinely fun. We 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 is that, recently, is that bad? Is that horrible? No, we recently had a big old thing about not not an actual fight, but like an epic argument about about divas and kesha it literally we it's us and all of our friends we are screaming about divas jacob got his three phones and his computer in his lap getting definitions throwing definitions it was insane okay so Manana, i also both did this thing we both do this where if we're arguing we we call someone we just call anybody <laughs> anyone will answer the phone we, by the way, we don't call experts we just call our friends we are not calling up like experts. We'll call Pixie Aventura. We'll call Mitch Frino. We'll call uh, two, DJ Two Face. We call any like we just call them random ass people. And then if one person says anything that sounds even like an inkling of agreement with us, we'd be like, "Say, say." Say, <laughs> I will say Bob likes to get more definition and more truth. But if someone gives me just a little spurt of what I think, I'm like, yeah, you see, that's what they said. I would admit that. I would concede. I would concede on that point. <laughs> so listen, if you are a brand new listener here uh, at Silving Rivalry, um, thank you for joining us. And if you are brand new, you probably don't know this, but you can go over to our Patreon and there is so much content. Let me tell you right now, me and Monet do not slack when it comes to our content. We be posting nonstop going full on bananas. We have um, we have 19 live, we have 19 posts from our live shows, including our performances. We have posts including Miss Cracker. We have this podcast when we were at uh, YouTube Studios. We have our podcast since we've been in quarantine, in which we've been doing twice a week now um, because of Watchery, which I think we're going to continue um, down the line. So, yeah. Monet, I'm just so glad we're on this journey together. I am so happy we are too, Roberta. Can I talk to you about the notion or the idea of going like, I think that we have the next fucking breakfast club on our hands. Like, call me crazy. I really think so. I believe, I, I, and I, I agree, and I don't see why, I don't see why we... Yeah, I, I why why we can't have that. So we are going to continue. And listen, as long as y'all continue to keep showing us love, we're going to keep amping it up and ramping it up and doing our thing. And this has just been honestly like the last couple of weeks, y'all been really going off for us on Silver Rivalry and on the Patreon, on on Watchery, on YouTube, and our YouTube page is popping. We recently reached over one hundred thousand on our. Um, we have one hundred six thousand subscribers on our YouTube. So I'm just incredibly grateful. Same. Oh, a little wet ass kiss. Wet. Wet ass. <laughs> Work. You know, um, you know, uh, Heidi has a a a, a WAP parody. Oh, Gap. Is it is it Gap or is it Gop? Because you say WAP, I say WAP. No, I say WAP. I don't oh. say WAP. I say WAP. 
So, so is it Gop? And I, I think it's Gap because she has a Gap. Well, no, she closed it. She got it closed, didn't she? No. Oh. I just did a video. Unless, unless she had it closed in the last week. Oh, it was fake. Got it. I was like, this, I can't believe Heidi closed her Gap. Got it. Wait, she did a fake little Gap closing? Yeah, I knew I saw that. The old flipper. I was like, oh, but people um, move to LA and they they closing, they're fixing their teeth, they're getting Botox, which Patty got Botox and, and lip injection shit. Patty, he looks good. She, you look good. Wait, in that, that picture of y'all at the um at the uh, Truly thing, that was his work? Yeah, girl, it looks good. Work. You got work. Uh, Kennedy got some work done too. Girl, uh, Kennedy moves to, Patty not, Patty not even in LA. And he, which by the way, oh, so I, I, I have to, that I have to tell y'all camera because it's too much. All I'll right, see. bye y'all. I'm talking about y'all camera. <laughs> a podcast, a podcast network.